It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment here at Disney Blues, Diz Radio, and the Diz Radio Show. And this week for show number 181, for the week of June 15th, 2017, we're going to practice some martial arts, hang out with some turtles, watch the making of something that's science fiction, and so much more, as we have none other than Ernie Reyes Jr. stopping in here at the show. That's right, Ernie Reyes Jr., who you may know as the famed martial artist, he was part of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 and 2, Secret of the Ooze. He's from the Disney original series Sidekicks that he starred alongside Gil Gerard, as well as The Last Electric Night, the Sunday night Disney movie. He was also part of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club's Secret Bodyguard movie as well. He was there for the making of Star Tours documentary that aired on NBC and so many other things. So Ernie's going to stop in and talk about what it was like working on a variety of these projects, his legacy, martial arts, working on things like Indiana Jones, Ninja Turtles, what is he up to now, and so much more. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team, and we are chock full with the D-Team here this week. And you have the questions, he always has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions in I Want to Know. We also have Dominic, who's taking you out on a stroll with this week's Disney Short Leash with tips and tricks to make the most out of your short vacation at the Walt Disney World Resort. We also have Paige with a symphony for your ears with the Magical Music Review. Jason is going to go deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you have to add to your collection. We have Randy with the latest in Disney Multimedia for your apps, your Androids, your computers, and so much more. And of course, we have the return of Nathan, who's going to dust off the books and give you just what happened this week in Disney history. We have tons of news hot off the D-Wire. From D23, Star Wars, Marvel, Walt Disney World Resort, a Magic Kingdom, Cars 3, Movie Theaters, Dick Van Dyke, and so much more. So before I officially jump into this week's show and we kick things off, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to treat you like family, grab your hand, walk you through the process from dining reservations, hotel reservations, you name it. They are going to help you make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have at your Walt Disney World vacation. They also have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers so it doesn't hold up any of the fun. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So with that said, all of you D-heads, it is time to kick off into Father's Day weekend. Yes, happy Father's Day to all of you fathers out there. As I mentioned, I'm a father every week here at the show, and much of the D-team is, well, minus the women, of course. But happy Father's Day to all of you, so let's officially practice some martial arts, jump for that flying sidekick, and start our martial arts training as we officially kick off show number 181 for the week of June 15th, 2017.
wish that I knew how to swim. You must be stuck at the coursing river with all the force of a great typhoon, with all the strength of a raging fire, mysterious as the dark side of the moon. Time is racing toward us till the Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. Tonight on the Disney Sunday movie. I can't take care of you. I can't take care of myself. You need me. He's a 10 year old karate whiz determined to hook up with a tough cop. You're under arrest for bothering a policeman. You had your handcuffs in your refrigerator. That's it. No more Mr. Nice Guy. But he's just begun his fight. Get that kid. They're taking Ernie to the county home. Who's he? That's my partner. Otherwise known as the last electric knife. You're the baddest little dude I've ever seen. My name is Michael Eisner, and welcome to Double Feature Night on the Disney Sunday Movie. In our first one-hour movie, The Last Electric Night, we're proud to introduce 13-year-old Ernie Reyes Jr. in his first Disney movie. In real life, Ernie is one of the youngest black belt karate champions in the country. Tonight, he teams up with a tough, hard-nosed street cop and finds plenty of opportunities to use his awesome karate skills. So let's watch what happens when the modern world runs smack into the mystique and tradition of the Agent Orient. Hey, it's Ernie Reyes Jr. here from Sidekicks. 
Ninja Turtles, and Surf Ninjas, and you're listening to Diz Radio. I can't it. It's Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I hope you enjoyed the official, literal kickoff for show number 181 for the week of June 15th, 2017, as we're getting ready for Turtles, Sidekicks, Making of Star Tours, Sci-Fi, Surfing with Ninjas, and so much more, as we have Ernie Reyes Jr. stopping in here at the show very, very soon. We also have the D-team chock-full with Aaron, Dominic, Page, Randy, Nathan, and Jason, all stopping in with their signature segments, and of course, you, the D-heads, joining us here for this wild ride as we officially kick off into Father's Day weekend. There's news hot off the D-Wire and so much more. So before I jump into all that news and all those fun tidbits as we continue on here with the show, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our fullest of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our official group on Facebook as well in the D-Wire Disney Discussion Group as well. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and many other places. Places. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical, unique kind of Disney show. And remember, if you want to hear our voices instantly in your ears, you can't wait, you're just itching to hear us ringing in there with the magic every week, all you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. Search Disney Blue, Diz Radio, or Disney On Demand, and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your iPhone, your Android, the tablet of your choosing and you can listen to all of our voices instantly every single week as soon as the show gets released and remember if you can't remember any of these links just go to dizradio.com dizradio.com and get connected there as well so all of you d has with that out of the way we're ready to jump into it let's get into that news hot off the d wire and how about the walt disney parks and resorts unveiling a galaxy of stories the all-new pavilion at the D23 Expo from July 14th through the 16th, 2017. Yes, this is going to be all new, showcasing the creative process of bringing new Disney Park experiences to life. The Walt Disney Parks and Resorts is inviting guests to discover an all-new pavilion, a galaxy of stories, as I mentioned at the D23 Expo this year, that is taking place at the Anaheim Convention Center. Now, guests are going to take an exclusive look at the new Star Wars-themed lands currently under development for the Disneyland Park, and of course at Disney's Hollywood. Hollywood Studios as well. Now also at the pavilion there's going to be personal stories of cast members and Imagineers who have been working to create transformational experiences every day within the Disney parks. Now as they've released so far D23 Expo guests will once again have the chance to explore Mickey's of Glendale as well. An Imagineering exclusive merchandise store to shop for unique souvenirs, specialty pins, limited edition collectibles and merchandise not available anywhere else. Now also part of this pavilion they're going to have models, artwork, and media that is going to be showcased with all kinds of different lands and more, including, like I mentioned, the Star Wars themed lands that is set to debut in 2019. Now, in addition to all of these different things going on, they are going to also have Pirates of the Caribbean, 50 years of swashbuckling adventures in the Disney parks, 
there's going to be inspiring women of Imagineering, and of course, the voices of the Disney parks. Now that one's going to be fun, where you can see and hear the people behind some of the most recognizable voices heard across the Disney parks. From attractions, characters, talents, and more, they're going to share their stories of how their voice is being lent throughout all the different parks. Now tickets are available for the D23 event right now, and one day admission is $59 for children 3 to 9 years old, and $81 for adults. Now this is going to be a fun, one-of-a-kind event. I always love the D23 events, but if you're looking to see more from behind the scenes, those previews, those days, I remember seeing the previews for MGM Studios, and uh, it, things like that just come once in a lifetime. So now, July 14th through the 16th, you can also see a Galaxy of Stories pavilion at the D23 Expo. Now, moving along here, since we are talking about inspiring people, imagineering, and so much more, how about Disney calling all young changemakers for a Disney Be Inspired Summer of Service grant? Yes, Young Service America and the Walt Disney Company, including Disney and ABC Television Group, Disney Consumer Products, and Interactive Media, are working together this summer to inspire kids and families to make a positive impact in their communities through the Disney Summer of Service campaign. Now, youth can use fun summer activities like sports, arts, reading, and being outdoors to join Disney in a movement to make the world healthier, greener, and stronger. Now, kids who volunteer with their friends, family, or even on their own can apply for a $500 Disney Be Inspired Summer of Service grant to create a project or expand an existing project throughout the rest of the year. Now, youth ages 5 through 18 in the United States can visit ysa.org slash be inspired to tell their volunteer story to get inspiration planning resources and more and you can also apply for a disney be inspired summer of service grant there as well now so far 250 youth-led service projects will be selected to receive the 500 grant that will be awarded to each of the sponsoring organizations in support of the projects now their official press release has stated children and youth possess unique perspectives creativity energy and idealism said steve Stephen Cutperson, president and CEO of YSA. Now, the Disney Summer of Service campaign is harnessing these strengths and investing in young people to help us change the world. Now, there's a variety of different things you can have. I mean, some examples that they have so far, you know, from last year, they have Splish Splash, which was led by a 13-year-old in Missouri, engaging experienced youth swimmers to teach swimming and to form friendships with kids with autism. There's also Make Good Decisions Soccer Game, an effort of a 16-year-old and his teammates from Indiana using soccer to raise awareness about the dangers of underage drinking. Now, these are great initiatives to help the youth and help the future of our world, America, and so many other places, wherever you are in the entire world. Once again, if you want to find out more about this great initiative, or if you have an idea, definitely let us know about your idea. We'd love to hear about it as well. But again, you can visit ysa.org slash be inspired. And we also have this on our official website at disradio.com as well. Now, moving from being inspired, let's get into the small screen and something we all love. And how about Mickey Mouse? and Donald Duck. Yes, if you love Mickey Mouse, now you can spend the holidays with some of your best friends, Mickey Mouse and Donald. Yes, they are going to have an all-new DVD arriving on August 29th. Mickey Mouse, Merry and Scary is arriving on Disney DVD August 29th, and you'll want to catch their great Halloween and Christmas hijinks. Now, these are going to be chock full with a variety of different great shorts and specials, and the first one, of course, is the scariest story ever, a Mickey Mouse Halloween Spooktacular. Now, as the synopsis goes for Halloween, Mickey has tricked out his house like a tomb sweet tomb. And along with 
his pals Donald and Goofy plans to tell hair-raising Halloween stories. However, his attempt at being scary falls flatter than a pancake. Can Mickey conjure up a truly terrifying tale before the night is over? Now also, there's going to be a fun Christmas one, Duck the Halls, a Mickey Mouse Christmas special. Now it's the most wonderful time of the year, as I said, to migrate south for the winter. But Donald wants to stay put and celebrate his first Christmas with his friends. Now Mickey creates the ultimate list of everything to make Donald for his first Christmas and make it great. But before you can catch a snowflake on your tongue, Donald has turned into a shivering, sneezing duxicle. Now there's also a variety of different shorts as well, including Ghoul Friend, The Boiler Room, Black and White, Entombed, and Split Decision. Now this is coming, like I said, on August 29th to Disney DVD. It's going to be Mickey Mouse, Merry and Scary, and it's going to be fun. Come on, who doesn't love holiday specials? And of course, with your favorite, Fab Five. Now, moving right along here, let's get into some more, and how about Cars 3? Now, Cars 3 has a variety of different things, with Warner Brothers Interactive joining up with Disney to announce the launch of Cars 3 Driven to Win. Now you can rev up your engines, and Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment and Disney is making it fun for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3, as well as Xbox One, Xbox 360, and Nintendo Switch, and the Wii U. Wow, that's a lot of devices to say. But Cars 3 Driven to Win is a world-class competitive racing game that is inspired by the upcoming Disney Pixar Cars 3 film with all new interactive experiences, gameplay, as well as working remote and playing against people live over the web. Now, they are going to feature a variety of different characters from Cars 3, including Lightning McQueen, Cruz Ramirez, Jackson Storm, as well as many other of your beloved characters while mastering all the races. Now, Cars 3 Driven to Win is going to be fun, interactive, and it's in the same vein as your standard race games. There's not much more for me to really say about it other than it's just always fun. There's going to be over 20 customizable playback playable characters as well as 20 unique tracks across 13 iconic race environments from the film and so much more. So if you have any of these interactive uh, game consoles, you name it, you can have fun as Warner Brothers and Disney has teamed up for Cars 3 Driven to Win. Now, since I am talking about Cars 3, I'm going to keep this one short since it's, it doesn't involve everybody in every area. But how about 4D Plex is coming with Cars 3 as the first ever Disney Pixar film to be available in the immersive 4DX format. Yes, CJ 4D Plex, the world's leading 4D cinema company, announced this week that for the first time since the company's inception, it will be premiering a Disney Pixar film in the immersive viewing format. Now you're wondering, what is this immersive viewing? This is, think about where there's sensory overload sound, smells, uh, you name it. Just think of an attraction at a Disney park. And this is going to do it as well. Now, Cars 3 is set to be available at over 380 4DX auditoriums spanning over 48 countries this summer. Now, this is going to be fun. Like I said, it's going to be larger than life. And they're going to have so many different things from the smell of the cars, the rev of the engines. It is truly an immersive interactive experience. I can't go beyond that. I've experienced 4DX before, and I'm just hoping that Cars 3 comes to my area. And you can check your local theaters and listings if you have a 4DX theater in your area. Now, getting back to California, you know, we were talking about California and D23. How about San Diego Comic-Con? We all love our Comic-Cons, but how about tying San Diego Comic-Con International as it's welcoming the all-new Dick Van Dyke documentary? Yes, Mary Poppins, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Dick Tracy, and Night at the Museum, and even the voice of Gotham City's top cop, Commissioner Gordon. Dick Van Dyke is no stranger to the world of fantasy 
and comics. So as they said, it is only fitting among many superheroes, monsters, and more to debut this all-new short documentary, with Dick Van Dyke. Now the film is charming, funny, and it's an emotional trip back in time as Dick Van Dyke tours the house where he grew up. It's in a state of despair and the home was recently spared from the wrecking ball and is soon to be restored as a landmark by the Dick Van Dyke Foundation and the people of Daneville. Now Dick Van Dyke also visits his old high school and meets up with marching bands and more as well as the drama club to share inspiration, tell stories of his days in the school and more. He even talks about a man he used to work with named one only Walt Disney. Now this is a great short documentary and as the official press release has stated, Daneville is a special place where as I look back at all those days on Hazel Street, I realize how lucky I was to have been born in my generation. My childhood was more like Huck Finn than a millennial, said Mr. Dick Van Dyke about the small town where he grew up with his brother Jerry Van Dyke and where they were raised. When school was out, the barefoot summers were mine. I didn't even know we were poor. I didn't know what stress was. It was all just an adventure. It was play, it was fun, and all these years later, I get to share Jerry and my little Midwest town to the complete world. Now, screenings are going to take place on Saturday, July 22nd, 2017 at the Marriott Marquis and Marina Hotel in the Grand Ballroom 3 and 4. Now, these are going to be taking place from 635 and 710. If you want to find out more about this great, fantastic documentary, definitely check out welcomehomedickvandyke.com. All right, all of you D-heads, now with that said, news is done, it's completed, we're going to continue to press on here, and we have a lot of great things, as Aaron's going to answer all your questions, Paige has music, Jason's going into the vault, we have Nathan with history, Dominic with tips, and so much more as we have the D-team stopping in here, and we're gearing up to get our fight on, get our kicks on, as we have none other than Ernie Reyes Jr. stopping in here at the show. So before we release strains here to the D-team and continue to press on, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by... Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, tickets, you name it, they're going to treat you like family and make it the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. They're going to make it magical, one of a kind. They have bilingual agents, even help you with any language barriers and so much more. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release strains here to the D-team. We're going to gear up for Ernie Reyes Jr. to be stopping in here. And you know what? What better way to connect martial arts, fantasy, turtles, and more than going into a galaxy far, far away with C-3PO? I'm going to leave it at that. And when I come back, I'm going to have Ernie Reyes Jr. with me here in the studio. Let's press on for show number 181 for the week of June 15th, 2017. Message is brought to you by the Intergalactic Bureau of Tourism. How humiliating. I am fluent in over six million forms of communication, and here I am doing commercials for outer space. Oh, well. Hit it, R2. My name, you know, is C3PO. Wrapping about space, the new place to go. You can eat all you want and you won't gain a pound because there isn't any weight here like back on the ground. We travel very fast near the speed of light. You can leave in the morning and get home last night. 
His name is Arjun, but you'll never hear him rap. His inventor forgot to give him lips that flap. He'll greet you all and turn on his charms. He'd give you a hug if he had some arms. There's no gravity when you're out in space. It doesn't pull you down or hold you in place. You can run real fast, your feet will fly. You'll be so light, you can jump sky high. New worlds open up when you're out that far. And all you've got to do is wish upon a star. Vacation in space is out of this world. Join us now for a flight to the future on George Lucas's Star Tours. With your hosts, Gil Gerard, Ernie Reyes Jr., R2-D2, and Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Someday we may be traveling through space on ships just like this Star Speeder. But I'm not sure how soon we'll see commercials for vacations in outer space like the one 3PO and R2 just did. With the exception of some brave and heroic astronauts, space travel is still a dream for most of us. It is a dream that mankind has had since the beginning of time. We've always been fascinated by that dream at Disney. So we enlisted the creator of Star Wars, George Lucas, to work with our Imagineering team to create an attraction that would capture the force, sensation, and excitement of space travel. So fasten your seatbelts as we take you on a sneak preview of a flight to the future with the stars of sidekicks, Gil Gerard and Ernie Reyes Jr. I think they're over there by one of the droids. Oh, hey, Ernie, take a look at this. That's the controller droid. The robot that was built to do a lot of technical work on the Star Speeder system. Is it anything like the robots they sell in the electronic stores? <laughs> no. Wouldn't it be great to have a robot to do your homework? Yeah, someday they probably will. Oh, hey, wait, come here. Look down here. Those are the worker droids. They work on the same basic principles as the controller droids, but they're far more complex. Once they're programmed, they can install an entire surgery system in the rocket without any supervision. And you know what the best part of a worker droid is? They never ask for a raise, they don't take time off for lunch. You know, I've read all about space and how they built rockets, and I can't wait to get up there. Yeah, I used to feel that way when I was your age, every time I saw Flash Gordon. Who's that? Well, he was sort of my generation's C-3PO, Ernie. <laughs> You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, it's Dad's big weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I hope you have a wonderful weekend with your family. Well, you guys have been busy sending in questions, and the virtual mailbag is full. So let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Corrigan Gaper, and he writes, Diz Radio, love the show. For a while now, I've been thinking about a Disney movie I recall seeing on television in the 80s. It had Sean Astin, I think, in it, shortly after his Goonie days. But I cannot recall the name of it. I think he may have played a military kid or something, and him and his friends uncover some kind of plot against the military. Any ideas what it could be? Well, you're referring to the movie The Brat Patrol. 
It was an episode of the Disney Sunday Movie, airing on ABC on October 26, 1986. The year after Goonies, which is still one of my favorite all-time movies, came out. The Brat Patrol is about a group of marine base brats who try to warn officers about a plot to steal top-secret military hardware. Along with Sean Astin, the movie also starred Nia Long, Brian Keith, and Tim Thomerson. Interesting fact about this movie, this is the first credited teleplay from writer Chris Carter, who would in a few years be known as the creator of the TV shows The X-Files and Millennium. Pretty cool. Well, our next question is from Shane Felter of St. Louis, and he writes, Aaron and the Diz Radio team, I have a question about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and MGM Studios. I know they were there at some point and even saw them there, but my question is why were the Turtles there and not at Universal? Don't get me wrong, I'd rather have them at Disney, but just didn't know why they were there or their connection to Disney. Thank you, Aaron, for the answers. Well, the Turtles were there from 1990 to 1996. It's funny looking back at the Turtles being part of Disney World, but when you take into consideration the time frame, you can factor Jim Henson into the equation as around this time, he was making a deal with Disney to use his characters, and Henson made the Turtles for the 90s film. Now, I don't know if this actually played a part in the decision, but this would not surprise me. I'm just guessing here. Disney also brought in other characters that were not their own, like Power Rangers and Goosebump characters, so Disney had done this before. Our final question this week is from Preston James, and he writes, Disney On Demand, I have a quick question for you about Disney Sports Complex. I know they host a ton of things. I heard that they also host a martial arts competition of some kind. I can't find anything on it. Help. I'd love to go to it, as I am a huge fan of Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and all martial arts. Thank you. Well, you're referring to the International Martial Arts Festival that will be held this year from October 27th through the 29th. Here's the description I found. The International Martial Arts Festival at Walt Disney World Resort offers the excitement of competition with multiple disciplines to celebrate the diversity of the martial arts. We have competition available for all age groups and experience levels. All disciplines are coordinated and judged by knowledgeable authorities in each of their respected system of martial arts. This translates into a fair and accurate interpretation of your art. All of this combined with the magic of the Walt Disney World Resort means that there's something for everyone. Well, it sure sounds like a lot of fun to me. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. And happy Father's Day to all the dads.
everybody. Here they are, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Pizza again? April, get him off the phone. And now, let's hear it for April O'Neil with Mr. Party, Michelangelo. Come on down, you two, and see all your friends. This is Joshua Rush from the Lion Guard, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. On the next Disney Sunday movie. The Rat Patrol! Take out from under attack! Rat Patrol? We've been pushed around all our lives. Rat Patrol is loose, and they're coming by land, by sea, and in the air. We got trouble. Get rid of them. But no one, even Brian Keith or the U.S. Marines, can stop them. Radical. They're out to save America. Should be a cinch. Look out for the Brat Patrol. For truth, justice, and all those nice big chicks are going to fall all over us. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner, and I'm here with my friend Mickey to introduce the Disney Sunday movie. If you've ever wondered what it's like to grow up on a military base, you'll find out in tonight's movie, Brat Patrol. 
For authenticity, the Disney production crew filmed Brat Patrol at El Toro Marine Base in California with the help and cooperation of the Defense Department. In fact, many of the Marines on the base worked as extras on the film. Excuse me for a moment. We have a VIP from the military visiting the Disney lot, and uh, Mickey, along with Goofy, is taking him on a tour of the studio. It's our way of saying, thank you, sir. You're in good hands. Dominic, and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, a short leash isn't the noose they use, the Haunted Mansion stretching room. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they're short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. Today we are getting specific with Hobo Day. I'm going to go in detail with what we have done as a family on our travel day to Walt Disney World. Okay, first, for the uninitiated, what is Hobo Day? Well, about 16 segments ago, I broadly talked about the concept of Hobo Day. Hobo Day revolves around the idea of don't pay for park dime you can't use. And on the day you arrive, unless you somehow teleport prior to the park's opening, you're probably losing a chunk of the day due to travel and all that comes with it. Park tickets have the most value if you get there when the park opens and leave when it closes. Not just because it's the time you pay for, but attractions with the longest wait times are often walk-ins with no fast pass needed if you're there early or late in the day. And that's short lease efficiency at its best. You're using every minute you paid for and not standing in line while you're there. In each park, there's only a handful of attractions that really jam up. If you can fast pass three of them and then take out three or four more without waiting just by hitting them earlier or late in the day, you're going to have nine or ten hours left for everything else. However, your travel day kind of gets in the way of that. You're not going to be there when the park opens. So, on a check-in day, we become resort vagrants, trying to take advantage of as much free or as many non-park attractions that the resorts provide as possible. Our fearless leader wanted us to turn in two weeks of segments, so back to back I'll run down in detail our last two hobo days. One was a Christmas short leash trip, another one was a summer 10 day trip. Okay, enough with the preamble, here we go. For Christmas, we surprised our kids with a Disney short trip. 
We traveled after the holiday on the 28th of December because of our extended family's twin fangs of guilt and obligation. I'm kidding. Don't write in. We left Grandma's in the late afternoon on what the kids thought was a trip back home from Pittsburgh through the vast nothing that is the middle of Pennsylvania and finally resolving six hours later at the home of tax-free shopping that is Delaware. They promptly fell asleep where a combination of grogginess, lack of any sense of time, and the dubious public school geographic education that they have received allowed us to surprise them with their tickets 16 hours later or so at the Florida State Line. It was around noon when we made it to our check-in hotel located about a mile from Disney property. We dumped our stuff and headed out to the transportation and ticket center. Yes, there are other places to park and yes, there are cheaper places as well, but our hobo day is penciled in. Where we will end up is not set in stone, so the transportation and ticket center is a location I know we can get back to even at late hours just from about everywhere. We took a ride on the park's monorail loop. It's one of my favorite things to do when I arrive, especially looking at the loop around Future World at Epcot. It's like an enormous version of Tomorrowland's People Mover, which is also a relaxing family favorite. After traveling back to exactly where we started, we hopped onto the resort monorail loop to the Polynesian. Like my wife, it's expensive and beautiful, which may be why it's her favorite resort. She even recorded a Plantoon's Kitchen cooking episode on YouTube where she recreates Captain Cook's coconut meatball recipe, so check that out. The place was completely decked out for the holidays with Christmas trees adorned with tropical flowers. We hit the gift shop for some window shopping and would later return to pick up some groceries to make snack sandwiches for the next few days as our hotel's advertised buffet breakfast was not as existent as they had led us to believe online. After venturing outside and getting pooped on as a result of a bird-blackened sky, the likes of which would send Tippy Hedron into a Hitchcock-induced fit of PTSD, we rinsed ourselves off and boarded the monorail yet again to check out the giant gingerbread house constructed in the lobby of the Grand Floridian. While we were there, we were serenaded by the hotel pianist. That's a piano player. Come on, this is a classy joint. It's not that kind of podcast that would stoop to that kind of humor. It's time, D-heads! Anyway, speaking of which, this was our honeymoon location many years before, so we took a stroll down memory lane towards the beach before returning to the lobby to hear the orchestra. Now, my wife is a concert violist and was a little disappointed because this orchestra is actually a combo playing a mix of big band and improvised jazz with nary a string section in sight. We were treated to excellent customer service by their guest relations when we were allowed to cancel our reservations at Morimoto's without the $50 penalty. We were trying to cancel because apparently the Disney Springs restaurant is owned by a different group of that of the Morimoto's in Philadelphia and New York, so they wouldn't be able to accept our $100 gift card we had brought. We also found that Disney will go that extra customer service mile for you if you go to the most expensive resort after being pooped on by a murder of crows prior to your request. At that point, it was late afternoon, and against all that history has taught us, we hopped the bus. On an earlier segment, I talked about my hatred for the bus, and I also told a story about how it's always jammed that my wife was offered a seat by a guy who then stood towards her crotch first and started whistling show tunes. Yeah, that was this bus ride. At Disney Springs, we did some window shopping and got lost in the new renovations. We tried some poutine, which for our family was a split decision. I'm not a gravy and cheese clunk person, and neither was my youngest daughter. And yes, I know it's cheese curds and not clunks, but I call it like I see it. We checked out the movie-themed Christmas tree trail and listened to the live caroling group performing a tree lighting ceremony. On our way to dinner, we were greeted by Tory soldiers on stilts and Goofy dressed as Santa Claus. We were getting hungry, and there's absolutely no shortage of places to eat. We love Earl of Sandwich for its big, quick, cheap lunches. And the theming of T-Rex is awesome, especially for our 8- to 10-year-olds who wouldn't want to eat with dinosaurs. 
However, that night we tried Splitsville, which became my wife's new favorite Disney Springs fun stop. Despite the fact that we just ate there and we didn't stop to play or bowl at one of the many tables and lanes that were peppered through the restaurant. In honor of our missed opportunity at Marimoto's, we had sushi. Fantastic sushi at that. That's right, folks. If you want good sushi, head for the bowling alley. It was way, way late at this point. Our dinner reservations were at 9.15 p.m.-ish, so... We headed back to the Polynesian for our aforementioned grocery shopping, and then onto the monorail which brought us back to the car. So that was it. We had a relatively leisurely yet packed filled day with sights, food, and entertainment. Our cornucopiotic, amuse-bouche, and I think only one of them is an actual word, to heighten what was to come without losing out on a park day when we had to travel. Because not paying for park time you won't use, but still being thoroughly entertained, well that's short leash people, I hope you enjoyed the tip. If you want to see actual footage of that very hobo day, we produced several segments about our secret trip to Disney World on our cartoon vlog, WDW Plan Tunes, which can be found on iTunes or YouTube. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at dizradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at dizradio.com. I also can be found on the internet on Twitter at WDWPlantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or visiting plantoons.com. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, as you board, please move all the way across your car to make room for everyone. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. The monorail will depart momentarily for Epcot. Thank you. As you board, please continue moving across your car to make room for everyone. Kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. If you are standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. They will be closing in a moment. Thank you. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World monorail to Epcot. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. As we turn south, you can catch a glimpse of the spires of Space Mountain in the Magic Kingdom. Nearby is Disney's Contemporary Resort. You can upgrade a Magic Your Way ticket at any time prior to its expiration by adding more days or options such as Park Hopper and Water Park Fun and more. Just stop by any theme park ticket window for details. We are traveling to Epcot, where the magic of Disney comes together with the wonders of the real world. Its 300 acres are divided into two themed lands, Future World and World Showcase. Future World offers fascinating explorations into the realms of communication, transportation, energy, and imagination. You'll also find adventures in spaceflight, sea exploration, food production, and emerging technologies. Discover the culture and cuisine of 11 nations in World Showcase. On the banks of the 40-acre World Showcase Lagoon are Mexico, Norway, China, Germany, Italy, the American Adventure, Japan, Morocco, France, United Kingdom, and Canada. Young adults from each nation are among your hosts, making this a truly international exchange. This is what you give me to work with. Well, honey, I've seen worse. We're gonna turn this sow's ear into a silk purse. We'll have you washed and dried, trimmed and polished till you glow with pride. Trust my recipe for instant bride. You'll bring honor to us all. 
fast, calm, obedient, who work fast-paced, with good breeding and a tiny waist, you'll bring honor to us all. We all must serve our For balance, beads of jade for beauty. You must proudly show it. Now add a cricket just for luck, and even you can't blow it. Ancestors, hear my plea. Help me not to make a fool of me, and to not. Tonight on Sidekicks, a vindictive felon injures a cop. He swore in his trial he'd come after Jake. And the electric knight searches for justice. I think we got troubles. Sidekicks, then on Danger Bay. Hey, don't go in there. A troubled kid makes a costly mistake. You just can't put them back. Well, who's going to know the difference? Then learns a valuable lesson in life. Danger Bay immediately following Sidekicks tonight. Hi, this is Joaquin Gray III from Kirby Goes Bananas, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault, where a time jump is always one karate chop away. I'm so glad you could join us back down here getting the best in Disney Blu-ray and DVD. Well, tonight it's going to be a little bit different. We're going a little bit in the vein of that newfangled thing called streaming, because what I'm going to bring you today is not on DVD or Blu-ray. It should be no shock and surprise, coming from ABC's ever-popular 80s staple, Disney Sunday movie. What we're bringing out started out as a great Sunday night gathering movie and rolled out into a regular Friday night staple. At least for 1986. I'm bringing out and discussing the high-flying family comedy, Sidekicks.
Come back to me if you will to an age where comedies where single parents raising extraordinary children were commonplace on your TV dial, and the fact that your TV dial only had 13 channels, unless you had cable and you can switch to two other sections and maybe get 39 channels to 40 channels total. This is where ABC brought us Sidekicks. Again, started out as a Disney Sunday movie. Entitled "The Last Electric Night," and then was rolled out the following week for Friday nights that fall. What is this show all about? Well, Ernie Reyes Jr. plays Ernie, who at a young age is a trained black belt karate champion and trained specifically by his grandfather Sabasan. Due to unfortunate circumstances, he does die. But before his death, he feels that Ernie needs a father figure. A mentor, a cop next door. Insert Rizzo, the bachelor cop, played by Gil Gerard. Yes, Buck Rogers himself. See, not only can he save the universe, but he can also save one child at a time. Because Rizzo is used to living the high life, out being a bachelor and a, and a swinging police officer, he is very doubtful. He can be the father that Ernie needs. But it is thanks to. An attractive social worker. Are you getting all the tropes here? I think you're seeing it. That he at least take him home and see what happens. And by the end, you can guess the two hit it off. Cultures collide and hearts become one. And of course, in typical comedy fashion, comedy ensues. Now, granted, this wasn't exactly a complete comedy, but it does follow the vein of the comedies of the past and the the typical TV tropes that were. Enabled during that time, shows like Different Strokes and Webster, two of my favorite sitcoms of '80s past, where you have a single father raising one or multiple children, not only just to prove a point, but to show that families come in all shapes and sizes. You throw in the differences in culture, especially in something like Sidekicks, where Rizzo is very much portrayed as a very sloppy individual, but is very keen in his work. And you have Ernie on the opposite side, who comes from an Asian background that is neat, orderly, and precise. Throw in another element in the fact that a certain movie was finding success around this time as well, namely The Karate Kid. What a great way to be able to show this idea of martial arts being not only a means of protection, but a means of finding inner peace and calm, brought to the TV screen. And yes, I have been following Ernie for many years, thanks to the Turtles and many of his other projects. I have found that his love and passion for the sport in which he trains and has literally almost died for, truly comes out in his spirit. And again, I thank him for every high kick that he can do. Does a show like this truly intrigue you? It should. It is very fun and has a lot of memorable moments. Unfortunately. Not, not readily available to watch on DVD or Blu-ray. However, there are a number of episodes available on YouTube that you can enjoy, and I'd suggest if this has piqued your interest, you may want to check it out. I'm hoping at some point that we will be able to have either a movie service from Disney themselves that allows for many of these Disney Sunday movies to be available to watch or to own. Only time will tell. But until then, check it out any way you can. So I'm going to bookmark this in my browser, 
and come back to it later when I'm able to bring you a new blue for you to view down here in the vault. So until then, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is a quick meditative state away and always deep inside of you. In their dealings with dressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. This week on the Disney Sunday Movie, a special double feature that the whole family can enjoy, starting with a young samurai's greatest challenge. You are the last electric knight. You're under arrest. For what? For bothering the policeman. The last electric knight. Then a heartwarming family drama. Kids are no different than us. They just want to be held. Two and a half dads, a double feature on the Disney Sunday movie. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Diz Radio, and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are ones that you've seen on the big screen, ones that you grew up with watching, sitting around the television, watching with your family, as well as watching all the martial arts action. We have none other than Ernie Reyes Jr. here with us to help us celebrate this week's show. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody of your resume, so many different things from your entire legacy. I mean, so many different things that I, I seriously, I there's so many things I could touch base upon here. I don't even know where to begin, but I guess I'm going to keep it simple first. I guess the first thing to start off with is, one, how did you get started in, you know, entertainment business, television? This is a career. And of course, pursuing martial arts. Well, you know, my mother and my father had his martial arts school um, before I was born. So I was kind of born into the martial arts aspect of it. My dad was a competitor and a teacher. Um, and so I grew up in the world of martial arts, and we would travel uh, on the weekends. But, uh, as I got older, uh, with my father's uh, West Coast demonstration team, and we would perform and compete at tournaments all across the United States. Uh, one day when we were, uh, doing a demonstration in Las Vegas, the lady who eventually became our manager, Sally Baker, uh, saw us do a martial arts demonstration and at the end of it asked my dad, does he speak English? And, uh, <laughs> my dad, uh, brought me over and we started talking and, uh, you know, she eventually became, uh, my manager and, and was really instrumental in, uh, you know, getting me, uh, in my first film, The Last Dragon and then eventually uh, developing, you know, uh, at Disney, uh, the series Sidekicks, which was a, a Disney Sunday night movie, 
uh, called The Last Electric Night. Well, definitely, you know, and that was a great movie. I mean, I remember growing up watching that as well, and, you know, working on that film, and part of the Disney Sunday Night Movies, and of course, the television series Sidekicks. I guess, what was it like? You know, here you are, you're this kid, now you have a series on the Disney Channel. I, I guess, were you overwhelmed at first? Like, I get to, I get to run around, pretend, act, do martial arts, and I get to do this for an entire show. So I get to do this every single week. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. You know, having grown up, obviously, you know, a big fan of Disney, uh, to, to have a show, you know, and we filmed actually on the, the, the back lot of Disney. Um, you know, we were there in Burbank, California. Um, and uh, it was just, I mean, literally it was, you know, a magical time uh, for me growing up. Uh, being able to do martial arts on a show, uh, that was developed for you, uh, by Disney was really just incredible, especially for the time period that it, that it was in the mid eighties. So, you know, it's something that I always look back and, uh, have a lot of great, great memories and, uh, very appreciative to have, have those experiences. Well, you know, and being, you know, part of a series like that for the Disney channel, like you said, it, you know, it's one of those things where if you were part of a Disney channel series, it, it's something that got passed on to generations. You, you influenced an entire generation. I guess when you were on the set, since you were one of the youngest, uh, you know, cast and crew for that series, you know, was, was there a lot of hijinks or fun or did it just seem like one big happy family when you were filming it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it really was like that. I mean, like I said, we were on the, you know, the back lot of Disney filming the show and we'd go on location and, you know, all the actors were, were, were great to work with. It, it really was a family. It was uh, awesome. And I mean, the only thing that I look back is, is just wishing we could have done more episodes. But I mean, for the, for the time that we were making the show, it was really the highlights of my growing up. Well, you know, and that really jump started you into so many different things and different roles, you know, as, as you progress, you know, and doing many different things like Surf Ninjas, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and so much more, I guess. After doing something like Sidekicks, uh, were you ever taken back realizing how popular now your face had become and other kids and realizing that now you're inspiring kids at that time? Was that something that was kind of big to take in at the moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was big, you know. But, you know, I think because of the martial arts and, and the training growing up, it, it was something that, um, you know, my, my father kind of really instilled in me to... to, to uh, to, to really know that, you know, we were doing more than just having fun and, and doing what we love. But like you were saying, you know, we're motivating and inspiring people um, in a way that uh, you would never have an opportunity to do unless you were, you know, in their homes, you know, every week. So it, it was really amazing. Now, I guess with that, too, you know, moving on from something like that, you know, you like I mentioned, you were part of so many other things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, of course huge blockbuster everybody loved those uh you know those incarnations of the turtles i mean i'm not knocking the new films but there was something special about having that era that time practical effects uh you know were you a fan of the turtles before you even got involved with uh you know being part of that film yeah i actually was you know uh, i think the christmas previous had a younger uh brother who uh, love the Ninja Turtles, and uh, I had an opportunity to buy him some of the characters and uh, and that kind of stuff. And that was the Christmas before, so it was kind of cool to be able to tell my younger brother, uh, Santino, like, hey, guess what, you know, movie I'm going to be working on, Ninja Turtles. It wasn't really popular, uh, as popular mainstream as it was after the movies, 
but uh, he was very excited, so that was cool. <laughs> now, filming these films, of course, you know, because the Ninja Turtle films, they have their own cult, uh, I guess, standings. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to use that term too loosely, but they have their own cult fan following out there where people, you know, they love these, the voice actors, the people behind it. Is that still one of those films where if you go out there today, people still recognize you for it? They talk to you about it. And they're like, oh, my God, I love that film. And, you know, do you still get approached about that? Yeah, it's pretty incredible, you know, after all these years. And, and it's cool to see, you know, new generation. Uh, of course, you know, I think the, you know, in terms of the fans, they love the original movies. Uh, it was, it was an amazing thing to be part of. Jim Henson, the Ninja Turtles. It, it was, it was really incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, over 30 years later, you know, people still come up to me and, talk to me about how much the Ninja Turtles was part of their childhood. And it's really cool to see it kind of span across multiple generations. You know, people that were kids growing up watching the original films now have, you know, uh, children who are, you know, fans of the Nickelodeon cartoon um, and uh, are, are growing up. So it's really cool to be part of something that's kind of multi-generational like that. Well, definitely. And like you said, people that have grown up with it, myself being in my 40s, you know, I show it to my boys who are, you know, seven and nine, and they just love those older films even more than the newer ones. It's kind of like capturing that lightning in a bottle. You know, is there a moment in time it really played its role. Now, working on that kind of set, um, how different was it doing any of the action sequences and things like that where you do have somebody in a huge, large, you know, Henson-style costume? Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Actually, you know, some uh, thing that a lot of people don't know is, is in the in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I actually was in the suit uh, doing all the martial arts for the character Donatello. Um, so I had an opportunity to, you know, uh, be inside the costume, and uh, that was a lot of work. Uh, you know, it was very hot. The, the, you know, you're doing fight scenes all day, all day long. So when uh, they, the producers told me that they were uh, writing me into the second movie and taking me out of the costume and, uh, and creating uh, the pizza delivery guy as a character for me to play, uh, I was like, wow, that's super cool. And, uh, man, I'm going to be a lot, uh, I'm not going to be sweating it <laughs> as much this summer. So, uh, but no, it's, um, you know, it was the first time that, uh, an American production was using Hong Kong stuntmen, uh, for the action sequences. So they definitely brought, you know, even though we were in the big suits and things like that, they were definitely like raising the bar in terms of the kind of action you know, uh, they were used to filming in America, much less, you know, in, in, uh, in costumes, uh, like the ones that Jim Henson created. Well, definitely. Like you said, it was something that upped that ante and, and had it, you know, a little more action packed, a, li a little more realistic, you know, the fight scenes kind of flowed a lot smoother. Now with that too, is there any scene or any moment while you were filming those films that, you know, you're looking back and you're like, you're, you're jotting some things down or you want to tell your kids one day this story that just is ingrained in your head. Was there anything that happened either on camera or off camera, the, you know, fun things or anything where it's, you're never going to forget it. I mean, just the the, the first, it, it, I think it was just the accumulation of the whole experience, honestly. Um, everything, like I said, being part of something that has that big of a, you know, cultural impact. I mean, they were, you know, finding kids in, in, in manholes in New York looking for the Ninja Turtles at the height of, you know, the <laughs> turtle, turtle mania. 
so the, the entire thing really was just an experience that you would never, never forget from the first movie being in the costume, you know, doing fight scenes all day long, you know, for months on end, uh, to, you know, being sitting in, you know, there was a scene in the second film where, uh, Splinter is explaining the origin story of the turtles to me. And that was really kind of a surreal moment that I wouldn't forget that I always tell my kids, like, that was probably my favorite scene in the second film to film because I was like, wow, this is really happening. And, you know, we're on set and I've got Splinter telling me the origin story of how the turtles became turtles. And uh, it was just kind of something that uh, I'll always cherish uh, and, and I love to share with my kids. Well, definitely. And like you said, it's one of those things, too, where, you know, people do pass it on to generation and generation and with that too you've been part of so many other things as well and one more film before i go into some other things here of course is surf ninjas because who can forget these slapstick funny kind of goofy comedy surf ninjas i guess uh one what did you think when you first read the script and were you like all right i i gotta make this movie just because it is so off the wall uh i mean yeah and you know the, the writer dan gordon uh which a lot of people don't know, was also the um, the writer on The Last Electric Night, which was the Disney Sunday uh, movie that eventually became Sidekick. So I had actually worked with Dan uh, prior to Surf Ninjas, and uh, we actually brought Dan in uh, when New Line wanted to make some movies with me, and he pitched a few of the ideas, and Surf Ninjas was the one uh, that they ended up choosing. And I thought, you know what, this is going to be super cool. Two kids from Venice who are surfers, you know, and learned that they're the rightful heirs to this magical kingdom. And, uh, it was going to be fight scenes. And it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's another movie that, uh, as much as the Ninja Turtles is kind of brought to my attention as I, you know, make my travels uh, across the United States, Surf Ninjas is, also a big fan favorite, uh, and uh, so it's kind of cool to, to see that still bring back like really positive men- memories and parents telling that they're that they're showing sharing it with their kids and how much the kids love it. So yeah, it's super cool. It's all super cool to to, to be part of something that kind of still lives and holds you know, positive vibes in people's memories about growing up and stuff like that. Well, definitely. And like you said, it is one of those things where people have passed it on. And, you know, that also helps your legacy live on as well. Now, when it comes to the other aspect with things with martial arts and items like that, and, you know, I myself am a martial artist that teaches my kids martial arts. Now, I guess looking at it that way, um, you know, with the martial arts and the influence to other people, I guess, have you ever had anyone come up to you, uh, not necessarily about any of your films and that, but people that you have inspired through martial arts over the years and really motivated them to better themselves. Yeah, you know, I'm really, I feel very, very grateful to have inspired many people to to start martial arts. There's a lot of people that I've met over the years who say, you know, things like, whether it be Last Dragon or Sidekicks or Ninja Turtles, uh, you know, that they, um, you know, were inspired to pick up martial arts because it's watching me as a kid growing up and now they've spent maybe an entire lifetime training in martial arts. And that's a super cool thing because for me, you know, making it into the movies as, and television has been awesome. But none of that would have happened for me if it wasn't for my martial arts. So it's super cool to, to be able to see people, you know, um, 
adopting the martial arts kind of way of life, you know, through some of the things that I that I did as a kid, I, I feel very honored to, to kind of have that position. Well, you know, and with that, too, with the martial arts, like you said, you know, being able to have that, that kind of guided the rest of your life. Now, with that, too, you know, art, imitating life, things like that, you went on from the movies to actually enter full contact martial arts. What kind of change was that? Now, how, how did you have to mentally prepare for that, realizing, all right, it's not stunt doubles, I'm not sparring with anybody, I got to really get in here and focus. What made you want to take that jump and say, all right, I'm just going to do this full force and see what happens? Yeah, you know, it's like I said, you know, I grew up, even though a lot of, uh, I would say the a lot of people recognize me, you know, being an actor, um, you know, I I grew up as a martial artist first. Um, and I was raised, you know, as a martial artist. So, you know, in my, you know, uh, late twenties, you know, I, I, it was, just, I had an opportunity to just kind of challenge myself and, and see, you know, how far I could take it, uh, in my martial arts training. And that still holds true today, but it's definitely a different mindset. You know, it's not like making movies, you know, it's all re- reality based. <laughs> And, uh, you know, as, as many fans as you, you may have when it's just you and another person in there, you know, it's, you know, it's about battling wills and, and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, I love martial arts. I love the competition aspect of it. And, uh, you know, it was just a, an opportunity that I had to, uh, you know, kind of test myself. Well, you know, and it was fruitful for you, too. I mean, you had some wins. You you know, you went out there, went full force at it. And then, you know, going then going ahead and getting back into acting and, you know, being part of such things like the Indiana Jones franchise and all of those and, you know, working on sets and all those kinds of things. What is it like being part of something that's so iconic like Indiana Jones and being part of some of these films where, you know, yeah, you're not the you're not there full, you know, full frontal being the main iconic actor for the film. But you have a major integral role into making this, you know, film happen. Uh, how did you get involved with all of those and start working, you know, kind of behind the scenes and on the sets and doing stunts? Yeah, that's, that was that was awesome. Actually, you know, you bring up Indiana Jones. I mean, I grew up a huge Steven Spielberg fan. Uh, all of his movies, you know, E.T. and the original Indiana Jones movies. I remember watching those in the Century Theaters in San Jose, California you know, watching all his movies. Uh, and so to be on the set where, you know, I had an opportunity to choreograph, uh, you know, my section with inside of the movie, to be working with Steven Spielberg, to have, to be on that amazing set, you know, with Steven Spielberg directing, uh, that was just, it was really the highlight of, you know, me working as an actor, even like you said, though you said, you know, I wasn't the star of, uh, of the production or anything like that, but you know, just even being able to work, you know, uh, you know, work with somebody like my childhood hero growing up. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. And you know, it's, you know, I've been choreographing fight scenes since I was a little kid. Uh, so to be able to have an opportunity to work behind the camera, uh, is really to me 
as rewarding, if not more more rewarding than sometimes being in front of the camera. Well, you know, and with that too, you know, for all everything throughout your career, you know, we know you're busy and have a lot of different things going on, but going through your entire career, influencing so many people, working behind the scenes, in front of the camera, martial arts, so many different things, I guess, you know, how do you keep yourself busy now and, you know, picking certain projects or, you know, are you just, hey, I'm going to hang out and I'm going to be dad for a while? Yeah, it's a combination of those. I, I had... I've been lucky enough to, to work with some great people. You know, over the last couple of years, I, I guess starred over a couple of seasons on NCIS LA, uh, which had a great character. And then more recently, um, I played the Monkey King uh, on Dean Devlin's show, The Librarians. Um, so I've had an opportunity to do some great stuff uh, and work as an actor. Um, and, you know, I have... Uh, a wife and three kids, uh, so that keeps me super busy. And really for me at this particular point, I continue to focus and concentrate on my martial arts. I teach and train people and, uh, I'm actually going to be opening up a martial arts studio in Burbank, uh, which is the small town that I, that I grew up in, uh, that's, uh, you know, right side, outside of a Los Angeles area. Well, you know, and creating your own studio like that, too, I mean, that has to be one of those things where it's kind of a come full circle, dream come true kind of moment. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like being able to, you know, uh, uh, train with my kids, uh, yeah, it is coming full circle. It's, you know, I was a little kid and my dad was training with me and, and now I'm the dad and I'm training with the kids. So, I mean, there's really nothing better. <laughs> well, you know, we know you're busy, a lot of different things going on, but of course, you know, you've played so many parts in people's lives, passing it on to generations, influencing new generations. So anybody that is a fan of Ernie out there, everybody that's either grown up with your things, seen them now or seeing your new products, I guess for anyone tuning in who is a huge fan of yours, fan of everything you've done, is there anything you'd like to leave out there for those tuning in? Well, I just want to say thank you. I mean, uh, you know, for over 30 years, um, I've had a, a, a great uh, fan base uh, that has supported me uh, through many different movies, the television show. And, uh, you know, I'm indebted and grateful to uh, the life that I've been able to, to live. And, and it's really due to all my fans. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, take this time with us, take that trip down memory lane. And of course, you know, I'm sure we're going to be seeing more of you and uh, hopefully, you know, maybe get out to California at some point and maybe peek our heads into that studio opening. So thanks once again for stopping in and chatting with all of us here this week, Ernie. Thank you, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. And tell your kids I say hello for me. All right. Awesome. And uh, when the studio opens, I'd love to have you peek your head in there. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go, go. Go, go. Yo, it's the green machine, gonna rock the town without being seen. Have you ever seen a turtle get down? Slamming and jamming to the new swing sound. Yeah. Everybody let's move, vanilla is filled with the new jack groove Gonna rock and roll the place with the power of the ninja turtle base Iceman, you know I'm not playing, devastate the show what the turtles are saying Ninja, ninja, rap, ninja, ninja, rap, ninja, ninja, rap Go, 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 go ninja, go ninja, go
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie is number one at the box office already, grossing a cool green $20 million in only one weekend on the screen. Amazing, isn't it? And the star of the movie is from San Jose. New Center for Janine Yeomans puts the karate champ in the spotlight. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are back in Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. That's ooze for the turtles and Oz for a new human star of the movie, Ernie Reyes Jr. of San Jose, in the role of the hot-headed pizza delivery boy. Ernie Reyes Jr. grew up with action. His father, Ernie Reyes Sr., is a Hall of Fame karate champ who owns a string of West Coast karate schools. Young Reyes started in karate at age four. By age eight, he was a national champion competing against adults. By 12, he started in the movies. Now he has numerous film and TV credits under his black belt. Attention! When he's not filming, Reyes often returns home to San Jose to work with young students at his father's schools. I've gotten a lot from the martial arts um, in life in general, and I always like to give back as much as I can. In the first Turtle movie, Reyes played Donatello in the action scenes. Now he's come out of his shell in a role created just for him. I'm not gonna just... In a part likely to make him the idol of young fans, Reyes says he's determined to be a positive role model. I like to get a, across a positive and healthy lifestyle, um, from eating right to exercising to not doing drugs. You know, kids should always strive to become the best that they can be. And um, I think parents just really have to instill a positive mental attitude. And um, that probably is one of the most important things, is developing that positive attitude of, you know, I could do anything I want to do. Reyes just finished a Disney movie. Now there's talk he may star in Turtles 3. Meanwhile, he gets plenty of kicks whenever he comes home. This is Wesley Mann from Liv and Maddie. That's so Raven and Adventures in Wonderland. You're listening to Disney On Demand. Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I am Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. So with that said, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with this week's quote coming from our Uncle Walt. Get a good idea and stay with it. Dog it. And work at it until it's done and done right. Now, 
It's Diz Radio Throwback Time for this week in Diz Radio History with show number 76 from June of 2014 featuring the talented Mr. Bill Cobbs. Jump back with us today. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we're going to go to 1916 when Milt Albright is born in Kearney, Missouri. He will begin work for Disney in 1947 as a junior accountant. In 1953, he will later become Disneyland's first official employee. In 1917, Walt Disney graduated from Benton Grammar School in Kansas City, Missouri. In 1934, Walt Disney Productions is granted a trademark of Mickey Mouse for use in books and newspaper comic strips. And also in 1934, Donald Duck made his very first film appearance in The Wise Little Hen, the Silly Symphony short by Walt Disney. In 1956, Disney's The Great Locomotive Chase is released. Based on a true event from the American Civil War, the movie is about a spy who leads a band of Union soldiers into the South in an attempt to destroy the railway system. In 1972, Walt Disney World's If You Had Wings attraction, sponsored by Eastern Airlines, the official airline of Walt Disney World, opens. In 1987, the Delta-sponsored If You Could Fly replaces the Eastern Airlines If You Had Wings attraction in Walt Disney World's Tomorrowland. In 1995, Walt Disney World formally announces its newest project, Disney's Animal Kingdom, and construction will officially begin two short months from now in August. In 1998, Disney's 36th animated feature film, Mulan, premiered at the Hollywood Bowl in California. In 2003, Disney MGM Studios' Great Movie Ride reopens after a lengthy refurbishment. In 2006, Disney World announces that the Cinderella Castle apartment will be completely decorated and upholstered as a royal bedchamber, which can sleep up to four people. It will become available as a once-in-a-lifetime experience during the Year of a Million Dreams celebration taking place at all 11 Disney theme parks. In 2007, Disney Channel debuted a weekly program called Road to High School Musical 2. The series, which will lead up to the premiere of High School Musical 2, offers viewers a behind-the-scenes look into the production of the sequel. In 2010, Spectra Magic, which first debuted on October 1st, 91, and temporarily left the Magic Kingdom for a couple years beginning in 99, ended its run forever at Walt Disney World. In 2012, Tron Uprising, an animated sci-fi television series and part of the Tron franchise, premiered on Disney XD. And we're gonna end this week in Disney History D-Heads with a few birthdays around the company. We are starting out our birthdays this week with musical actor and singer Bill Hayes being born in Harvey, Illinois, who earned a gold record for the Ballad of Davy Crockett. Jeff Garland, who played the captain of the Axiom in Wally and Buttercup in Toy Story 3, is born in Chicago. Mr. Bill Hedder, who is the voice of Fear in Disney's, sorry, Pixar's Inside Out, is born. Jordan Fry, who voiced Lewis in Disney's Meet the Robinsons is born. Michael J. Fox of Atlantis The Lost Empire fame as well as Milo and Back to the Future fame is born. And we're going to end them this week with Johnny Depp of Pirates of the Caribbean fame as Captain Jack Sparrow being born. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free to email me at Nathan at DizRadio.com. As always, guys, have a great week and see you real soon. Hey, D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? 
Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. Hey there, D-Heads. Paige with an all-new Magical Music Review. June has always been a month for anniversaries for Disney, especially at Walt Disney Feature Animation. We celebrated the 20th anniversary of Hercules last week, but Herc's not the only one with an anniversary this month. Over in Africa, another famous man is swinging into a big anniversary. That's right, Tarzan was released 18 years ago on June 18, 1999. For me, this is the first film that I can actually remember going to see with my dad in theaters. Though he swears our first daddy-daughter date was two years prior for Hercules. Anyway, the soundtrack for Tarzan was written by Phil Collins and Mark Mancina, with the film score also being composed by Mark Mancina. The soundtrack became an instant fan favorite with Phil Collins' drum heavy songs and went on to win an Academy Award, a Golden Globe, and a Grammy nomination for Best Original Song, as well as a Grammy win for Best Soundtrack Album. I have our songs queued up and ready to go, so let's waste no more time. Follow me to the wild jungles of Africa as we take a look at the music for Walt Disney Pictures' 37th animated classic, Tarzan. Percussion can take form in many ways outside of a traditional drum set. Like, say, pots, pans, paper, crashing glass, a typewriter, and more. Backed by some tuba and trumpets and all of the above mentioned, Rosie O'Donnell and the Gorilla cast brought to life one of the most iconic and memorable songs from the Disney Renaissance, Trash in the Camp. After Turk, Tantor, and the rest of the gorillas stumble across Jane, Archimedes, and Clayton's campsite, they discover that a lot of the strange creatures' belongings make some very different sounds, and turns the campsite into one big, unconventional jam session. The popular boy band group InSync also did a cover of the song with Phil Collins, as you can hear now. Even if folks don't know the name of the song, everyone knows that one song where the gorillas bang pots and pans together. While Clayton would turn out to be our main villain, I don't think anyone could successfully argue that he's the only bad guy around this jungle. Sabor makes his lethal first appearance during the film's opening three minutes, first killing Kerchuk and Kala's son, and then taking the lives of Tarzan's parents. Sabor is not to be messed with. That is, until he tries to attack the ape family when a fully grown Tarzan is around. Sabor fight is an intense piece playing around Sabor and Tarzan's fight. The dynamic stays mainly at forte with brief dips into mezzo forte, mezzo piano. 
before sudden returns to forte for impact. Even in the dips of dynamic, the urgency and intensity never fade away as Tarzan and Sabor tango and surf their way through the trees in battle. Bringing home the Academy Award for Best Original Song, You'll Be In My Heart falls under the umbrella of classic and beloved Disney love songs. Performed by Glenn Close and Phil Collins in the film, and as a pop ballad by Phil Collins for the closing credits, the song serves as a lullaby and a love song, sweet and soft, never leaving the mezzo-forte dynamic during the film, but reaching a forte climax for the final chorus in the pop version, which is what we're looking at specifically today. Utilizing the electric guitar and drums more, it fits the Phil Collins mold very well. Following in the footsteps of Elton John's covers of the songs from The Lion King, the song also includes new lyrics than were found in the film version, but unlike the Elton John covers, it still continues all of the lyrics that show up in the film instead of just the lyrics from the chorus or repeating the title in the course of the song. A powerful song, it earned Mr. Collins a well-deserved Oscar.
Our final selection this week comes from the climactic battle at the end of the film. Once again, bringing in the urgency and intensity and forte dynamics, the full orchestra is all here for the track entitled The Gorillas. As Clayton and his gang attack Tarzan's family, the intensity, dangerous excitement, and adrenaline that final battle scenes in Walt Disney Animation are known to express is ever-present as Tarzan rushes back to save his family. With strategically placed dynamic changes to add to the urgency, the song drives forward before taking a tone change. Still urgent and dangerous, but now adding mystery as Tarzan and Clayton take the battle into the trees and vines for a final duet match between the two men as Tarzan proves to Clayton that he is not a man like him, and Clayton meets his untimely demise at his own hands as Tarzan tries to save him from the vines. Dark and mysterious, it has always been one of the most intriguing battle scores in my book.
And with that, our time for this week is up. Thanks for sticking around for another Magical Music Review and for coming back week after week to Diz Radio. We have no show without all of you. Make sure to check out our official Facebook page, join the D-Wire for more Disney discussion and memories, and connect with the D-Team and myself with any comments, suggestions, or questions at our email addresses found on our official website under our bios. Also, keep an eye out for a survey I posted on the D-Wire earlier this week. You'll find out in a few weeks why it's important. If you want to participate in the survey but don't use Facebook, send me an email at page at disradio.com and you can respond that way. Have a wonderful rest of your week, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! New York, a city where 8 million can scarf down their slices in safety, knowing that when pizza is close by, help, help is never far away. <laughs> Any luck finding a new place to live yet? Well, you know, in this market, it's actually very difficult to find good subterranean housing. You'd think even an idiot could find a place down here. But no! Wow! And I thought all the really good dungeons were in Europe. The past returns, my son. Ah. Hey, guys, look! That's the canister that had the ooze. That transformed us all. Yes. Well, you're the last one, aren't you? Uh-oh! Look, oh, some animals are knocking down the telephone poles. Let them get their own cab. The next fight will be Freak against Freak. Take the ugly one! No, you take the ugly one! Oh, which one's the ugly one? Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Cowabunga! The Secret of the Ooze. Don't forget, we're turtles! Hi, this is Rip Taylor. Could you pee? Could you die? And you're listening to Disney On Demand. Ha ha ha! Rip Taylor said so. Disney On Demand yourself. Now on Diz Radio, it's Brandy, giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Brandy has you covered, giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on DizRadio.com. All right, you D-heads, it's time to Hero Up. Yes, Hero Up is the current theme that's going happen around with the Disney parks and, as well, all the fun Marvel theming going around and merchandise and enhancing meet and greets at the parks. Now, with that in mind, now if you want to add it to your wonderful collection, as Disney's Tomb Sooms has gone Marvel. Yes, all the wonderful Marvel characters like Spider-Man, Iron Man, the Thor, and so much more. It has its own theme. Yes, you can battle it out with the wonderful villains, super villains that we love to play, and enhance going to special stages as you go and enhance with Disney's Tomb Sooms Marvel Edition. Now you can now available on iOS and Android. 
these two special device um, themings comes along with special enhancements and power-ups where you can use against your battle out with all your super villains and superheroes. Now with that in mind, the different stages include battle mode and stage mode. Battle mode defeats the supervillains to win. Detonate bombs and activate skills to have a devastating effect like whoa, boom, you know, big wow finish. Of course, that's all part of being a superhero, making sure you wipe out all those bad guys. And there's stage mode. Complete missions with a special a lot of time. Visit different worlds during your journey. The further the stages you go, the more exciting and challenging it gets. You can always check it out over at their, their official website. It's marveltumsumsgame.net. Again, it's Marvel's Tumsums, T-S-U-M-T-U-M. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Let's just try that again. The website, again, marveltumsumsgame.net. And how to spell it is M-A-R-V-E-L. T-S-U-M-T-S-U-M game.net You can check out their official webpage over Facebook.com Marvel Tsum Game. Okay, and then as well how to claim your fun characters is cooperate against the supervillains. Team up with your friends and there's always two to have uh, a fun battle with the multiplayer mode. And as well you can erase Tsum Tsums to charge up your skills. So make sure you you can collect those, pop them, and continue playing as along with your favorite superheroes and go against the supervillains. Again, you can check this out over at the iOS app stores and Android Google Play. Well, this is Rennie signing out for Disney's Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time.
taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs! Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, all VD heads, so I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Having a fantastic Father's Day kickoff to your weekend, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Ernie Reyes Jr. for stopping in here this week. So many great things that you've been part of and played a legacy in so many people's lives, and I grew up alongside watching you as well. So thank you for stopping in, and I am going to take you up on that offer to come and train with you at least a day or two when you open up that new studio. So thank you, Ernie, once again for stopping in and chatting with all of us here at the show. I'd also like to extend a very special thank you to the D team. Yes, without the D team, as I always say, it would be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out. So thank you to the D team of Aaron, Dominic, Page, Randy, Nathan, and Jason, all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Remember to drop the D team a line, shoot them an email, send them a message. They don't bite. They're just going to sit there and chat on back to you. So definitely connect up with the D team on our official website at DizRadio.com. And finally, yes, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason that we've been continuing to come back to you every single week for over seven years, bringing you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. Without you, the D-Heads, there would be no show, so we are truly honored to keep bringing these shows to you every single week. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, as I'm getting ready to jump on off, head out to camping for Father's Day weekend with my kids, my wife, and having so much fun being lost in the woods, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our discussion group on Facebook as well in the D-Wire Disney Discussion Group. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, magical quirky kind of Disney show. And remember, if you want to stay connected, you need the magic in your ears instantly. It's super easy. Just go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. Yes, you can go there, search Disney Blue, Diz Radio, or Disney On Demand, and subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right there on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, the device of your choosing, because you just can't wait to hear our voices every single week. And remember, if I'm talking too fast, just go to Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. So all of you D-heads, like I said, I am packing up the car. I'm getting ready to head out to camping for Father's Day weekend, get lost in the woods with the family, and make those Father's Day memories. So to clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week then, since I'm going to be going away, getting away, think of vacations. Think of Hawaii. Think of something a little bit more than just having twins with Haley Mills. Maybe something along the lines of triplets. I'm going to leave it at that, all of you D-heads. Now I'm going to go ahead, continue on to pack, and as I always say, since it is Father's Day weekend, and I always mention this every single week, and I truly do live by it and mean it, slow down, take time, and never neglect family for business. That is the most important thing that you could ever have every single week. So until next week, all of you D-heads, have a fantastic weekend, make the magic, make the memories, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.
Do you need a break from modern living? Do you long to shed your weary load? If your nerves are raw and your brain is fried, just grab a friend and take a ride together up on the open road. Come on, Maxie! <laughs> all in all, I'd rather have detention. All in all, I'd rather read a tome. Yeah. And the old man drives like such a klutz that I'm about to hurl my guts directly upon the open road. There's nothing can upset me, cause now we're on our way. Our trusty map will guide us straight and through. Roxanne, please don't forget me, I will return someday. Though I may be in traction when I do. Me and Max relaxing like this the old days. Stand dragging breath and, and at me. Buddy, buddy kind so of mad. I think I may when explode. When I see that highway, I could cry. You know that's funny. So could I just be out on the open road. Howdy, boys! Is this the way to Nashville? Watch it, Mac. Oh, you'll be getting towed. I'm in no hurry to arrive, cause I'll be turning 65 the next time I seize the open road. Just a week of rest and relaxation. Yeah. And the odd romantic episode. Very odd. <laughs> and it's California, yeah, your boss. Look out, you dirtbags in my dust from now on. I Road. It's me and little Maxie, my pipsqueak pioneer. Their party is forever whispered all. Could someone call a taxi and get me out of here to Beverly Hills 90210? Oh, every day another new adventure. Every mile another new zip and I'd go with them if I could I got no strings on me I'm feeling fancy free How wonderful to be On the open Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.